Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with... Tom Dorian. Yes, Hi, sir. Tom. Hey, Deacon Jeff. We missed you at the last uh, recording. Yeah, I missed you too. Yeah. Where, where did I go? I'm sure you guys said something pretty funny about me. No, I don't remember where he went. Was <laughs> well, a- I mean, he did do. He was a part of that Bake Off that involved uh, baking sardines. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. The ba- the sardine Bake Off. It's actually hadn't. It's really hadn't gotten its legs. It been. No. This was the 150th. No the 150th anniversary of it, but uh, apparently Just no one's ever heard catching. of it. <laughs> Just won't catch. There's like four people. A little sardine bake. There's only one person that's been to all mm. of them. And that person that's was me. there. <laughs> and Sam Ziggy Rodriguez Woo! is here. Yes. Hi there, <laughs> Hi. everyone. So um, there's the three of us, priest, prophet, and king. We are here. I'm not going like to say who's that. who. I like that. Which one? Who wants to be Tom? It's, gotta be king. it's good to be king. I want to be king. <laughs> I think Tom Tom would be the king. I think we should wrestle for it. What do you think, Sam? I think that's how kingship should Let's be settled, generally. Oh, yeah. I'm, Wait, I'm, is this for pen? Do we settle by pinning or by submission? Either way. Okay. Either way. First blood. Okay, well... <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? Maybe that's the next episode. We won't do. We won't do that this time because okay. that sounds like people would tune in just for that. But we're not going to do yeah. that. In fact, I mentioned priest, prophet, and king because this is uh, we're talking about the baptism of the Lord, right? That's yes. the readings that we have this weekend, um, and so that brings up baptism. We talk about baptism, and and uh, there, and I'm sure all the homilies will be about baptism, and uh, as they should be. Uh, and people ask the questions like, "Well, why did Jesus need to get baptized?" Mm-hmm. That's not what our listeners sound like, by the way. I don't know why I did that. There's just one guy named Larry who sounds like that. (laughs) Just like that. Larry drives me crazy. (laughs) But, um, you know, that's a good question. Why did Jesus have to be baptized if he wasn't, if he didn't sin? Right. And so we, we, there's lots of reasons. In fact, you can listen to Catholic Cafe episodes about baptism. Just go to the website and then you do the search. You bring up the, uh, the listen, go to the listen portion of the website, put in the keyword baptism and you will find lots of shows about that. And we actually cover those, those topics there. But there is an aspect of baptism that's kind of interesting. Uh, essentially, we are baptized into the priesthood and the being a prophet and the kingship of Jesus Christ when we are baptized. So in essence, in a, in, a, in a sort of a common way, we are also priest, prophet, and king. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so a lot of people might think like, wait, I'm a priest? Well, I have to go to mass then. I could do my own mass at home, right? Wrong. Sam is like shaking his head, no, no, Deacon Jeff, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> and you are right, it's not true. So there's like this common priesthood, and then there's this being a prophet in the sense um well, we're connected to Jesus the prophet, and in the same way uh, to his kingship. And so maybe we should, we should discuss that what, what happens. Because so, I think it, it will help elevate all of our humanity, right? Our recognition of humanity, humanity to recognize that all of us who have been baptized are also priest, prophet, and king. Well, what a mm-hmm. gift it is to have that 
to have that by virtue of our baptism, but can we really say if we don't know what it means to be a priest, a prophet, or a king in our everyday life in some relatable way, can we really receive that gift? Or is it just some sort of an honorific title that's attached to the position of Christian? Uh, and yeah. and I don't think I, th- I think that God intends for us to embrace what it means to be a priest, a prophet, and a king. But it, sometimes it takes time, requires us to take some time to sit down and think about what that really means. Mm-hmm. Right. So no, when we get baptized, I mean, a lot of people, maybe in some other faith traditions, but but Catholics certainly don't believe that bat- baptism is merely. Uh, sort of a symbolic belonging to the church. Yes. Right. So a lot of uh, uh, some of the Reformed theologies would would point to baptism as as being an ordinance and something that you do uh, to show that you're. It's kind of like like a wedding ring. It just right. shows that you're married. It's not that you're married. It's it's not your actual marriage. Right. Right. If I if my wedding ring falls off my hand and I lose it, doesn't mean I'm no longer married. It's just a symbol or a sign to show other people that I'm married in the same way some um, Reformed theologies would teach that baptism just made you a member of that congregation, mm-hmm. right? And But we're different in the Catholic Church, that things actually happen. In fact, one of the things that happens is we become an alter Christus, right? In Latin, we become another Christ, mm-hmm. right? We are, we are now um, connected. And so what Christ is, to a certain degree, is what we become. Mm. And so there's a connection there. And, that, and priest, prophet, and king is exactly who Christ is. And so let's talk about the common priesthood. What, how do we become priests, Sam? Well, the first word that comes to mind is sacrifice. Being yeah. able to make a, a sacrifice of the, the resources that have been entrusted to our care, the relationships, um, approaching them in a self-sacrificing way, looking at our, the gift of time that we have, right, um, and recognizing that our lives are not our own. The gift of time is not our own. I, I once I had a, a prayer experience where um, I felt God, just for whatever reason, this, this question was on my heart when I was in adoration, and I couldn't let it go. It was, what's one thing that you can give me, God, that the angels and the saints cannot give me. Mm-hmm. And I just felt that there was some answer that I was supposed to wrestle for. And eventually what occurred to me was it's the gift of time because the angels and the saints are outside of time and the simultaneity of eternity. We each have just a, a set amount of time that we have on this earth. And every single moment is a precious gift. And we can exercise our common priesthood in giving, making every single moment precious and everything that comes with it under our authority in that moment a gift as well mm-hmm. um, and obviously easier said than done but having the intention to live that out I think is at the heart of what it means to live out the common priesthood mm-hmm. right and so I, I know there's also a, a beautiful phrase that we've heard every time we go to mass mm. where the priest says my sacrifice and yours yeah right in a sense we're participating in the Eucharist, and so that is our common priesthood that 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 comes to bear even at Mass. It doesn't mean that we become um, a priest in the same way that an ordained man becomes a priest, uh, and and then essentially would be um, in persona Christi capitus, you know, in 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 especially at the Mass, right, standing there at the altar to be Christ uh, to us, to each one of us. Um, but we are participating in that way, and so you're right. Sacrifice is one. Uh, primary way and, and another way I think is is we recognize what Jesus was is and can will continue to be and that is essentially a bridge builder mm. right a, a, a connecting point 
between the human and the divine. Yeah. Right? And so he bridges that gap, especially when he's fully human and fully divine. Mm. Right? And so in uh, and, and this so this is what the priest is to sort of lead the people to God. So he's so that, that priest at mass becomes that bridge builder. Well in the same way we are bridge builders. So in in, in our daily experience Right, we we take the priesthood to the streets, as it were. Mm. Right, and we and we bring the people to to mass. So, like where we have, um, uh, you know, our family, our friends, uh, our coworkers, uh, ordinary people that we meet, and, and strangers. Even we essentially want to be the bridge that leads them to God, mm. right, to the divine, and so that is part of our priesthood. Mm-hmm. I think also building off of what you just said, the word that comes to mind is intercessor, um, to where in addition to being a bridge directly with a person and helping to point that person to God, also turning to God and pointing to another person and saying, Lord, I'm offering up prayers for this person, interceding on, on this on this person's behalf, which is exactly what uh, priests throughout salvation history, including in ancient Israel, were doing as well. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, here's the challenge, though. If we if if we admit that we or recognize that we are members of the common priesthood when we are baptized, there it is incumbent upon us to do what the priests do, right? So we're we're actually challenged and called to be that bridge builder. But even more than that, we're to devote ourselves to prayer, to the sacraments, to mass, right? And then again, we lead people to that by our our living witness, right? We all know people in our lives that are. Um, very, you know, de- devout, right? And we see in their practice, and, and we we look at that and go like, that's a, that's a good person, right? And but what they're doing is they're not bragging, saying I go to mass sixty four times a week, mm-hmm. you know. And but but what they are doing is when they go to mass, they become sort of witnesses, living witnesses of their priesthood, which leads you closer to God. But if you are a priest, well, you're not serving God. You're not serving humanity. You're not doing anything if you're not devoted in prayer, in Scripture, in in the sacraments, and going to Mass, right? So it's a, it's a little bit of a challenge, right? We don't want to um, accept the priesthood and say, well, that's a nice title I have now, and I'll go and rest on my laurels. Mm. Because now you're an ineffective priest. Right. Yeah. So that we don't want to do that. So, But we want to be an effective priest like Tom. Yep. He's already got priest hair. And it's, priest hair is nice. That's, oh, yeah. that's, that's so, some holy hair, yeah. I think I got priest hair. Oh, yeah. Now, there's okay. not a priest I've ever met that has hair like you. <laughs> not even Father Mike Schmitz, and he no. has great hair. He had, does have extremely nice hair, He does he? have nice hair. Yeah, all right. Well, I'm glad we got that out of the way. So, we're talking um, about baptism um, and and what baptism does to, to make us a priest, prophet, and a king, uniting us. Um, to God in a very special way, making us uh, fully in communion with the church, communion with God. Um, and so talking about a priest, being uh, members of the common priesthood, let's also talk about being a prophet. Mm-hmm. Well, what comes to mind when you were talking about bridging, uh, us being a bridge to others, if there was a priest, a very learned priest, I can't remember who it was, but he was engaging a group of, of people, of lay Catholics, and said, okay, so let's say that there are people who are outside the church. They've never been baptized. They're, maybe they believe in God. Maybe they don't. And you're in a bar, a restaurant, a cocktail party, some setting where there's social mingling. And it's you guys and it's me, a priest. 
there uh, in the room, and let's say the bishop's also in the room, uh, who who has you know the most authority to go out there and and engage that person? And they were like, oh, well, I guess it would be the bishop, then the priest, then us. He's like, no. Everyone is baptized. <laughs> you know, you're all called to engage. Yeah. You're all a piece of the action. <laughs> you know, it's you're not allowed to just stop and say, "I'm just waiting to see what the bishop does." I'm waiting to see what this priest does. Yeah, I want to. Where's the bar that that bishop's hanging out in? You just mentioned. I'm not, <laughs> not sure. I've been to that bar apparently. Uh, but no, no, no. You're you're right. So in in especially in we'll call it the world. I mean, when we go to a baseball game, when we, whatever, and it's like. We we do want to defer always, and and there is a deference that 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 takes place where we'll realize that if we're getting ready to say grace, I'm going to turn to the priest and I'm going to turn to the bishop. Oh sure, yeah. right, and that, that makes sense because that's part of their uh, their ordained ministry, their role, right? There there is a hierarchy yes. in that regard. But when it comes to what you're talking about, essentially sharing the good news right right that we're we, we can't just wait on the holy father or whatever cardinal happens to be passing through town well that's his job right right because it's not it's everyone's job because we are we become common prophets mm. and that, and that a lot of people aren't uh you know so comfortable with that role now suddenly that we're we're supposed to be knocking on doors that's not as friendly and comfortable i think for a lot of folk well, I think also speaking truth is about being a prophet as well. You know, allowing yeah. yourself to be a vessel for truth and having the courage to speak it when it's uncomfortable and when it might upset people, which is happening a lot these days. Yeah, yeah. well, you it's know true. what? To some degree, I think we, we, we need to be mindful of, of, like, preaching and mercy and love and forgiveness and tolerance and acceptance. But at the same time, you can never back down from the truth. And that's going to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just have been in too many situations to realize that, like, you can't always tell the truth uh, without creating a little fuss, but you always have to tell the truth. Right. Right. And so there's necessarily going to be a little fuss every once in a while that's going to be a problem, but w- we're not doing a service. It's kind of like if I'm raising my kids and I don't tell them about, you know, the bad news that happens when they touch the burning stove. Well, that's on me. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, So it may be uncomfortable. It may not be, you know. What everyone wants to hear, but the reality is, we gotta we gotta speak the truth, yes, right, and and we're all called to that, being a prophet. And there's more to the prophet side of things, uh, but we need to take a break before we continue with this. So, talking to Sam and Tom about uh, being priest, prophet, and king. Um, and uh, we're going to take a break, but before we take that break, I want to remind folks at home, we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And like us on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Like and share our posts. It makes a difference. All right, wonderful. So I'm going to be prophetic here and say that everyone's going to come back after this break. Right after this. Yes. <laughs> I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. On October 7, 1571, the Great Naval Battle of Lepanto was fought between the Ottoman Turks and an alliance of Catholic kingdoms assembled by Pope Pius V. This titanic sea battle, fought for the freedom of Christianity in Europe, and the preservation of Western civilization was entrusted to the patronage of our Blessed Mother through the intercession of Our Lady of Victory. 
The Ottoman Turks had been trying to dominate the Mediterranean Sea with their navy for many years. They slowly captured small Christian outposts and sold much of the population into slavery. The Ottoman armies were brutal and merciless. They sought to exterminate Christianity from all of Europe. After the Turks began the conquest of Cyprus, a small island in the Mediterranean Sea, all Christian Europe became alarmed. Pope Pius V recognized the threat from the Turkish forces and convinced the political rulers of the day to form an alliance that might defend the Christian people of Europe from the threat of the Ottoman Turks. Pius assembled the brave knights of Malta, the Kingdom of Spain, the Venetians, and several other Italian kingdoms into a naval force that was finally able to challenge Turkish naval dominance. The last knight of Christendom, Don Juan of Austria led the Christian forces. On the day of the great battle of Lepanto, the Pope implored all of Christian Europe to seek the intercession of Our Lady of Victory through praying the rosary. As the Christian ships met the Ottoman host on the turbulent seas, Pius V led a rosary procession through St. Peter's Square in Rome. The entire endeavor was given over to the care of the Blessed Virgin Mary. The Pope was given a vision, which assured him that the Christian forces had prevailed. There was a great foreboding that the Christian forces were going to fail against the superior Turkish fleet, but through the Pope's faith and the intercession of Our Lady of Victory, the Christian fleet miraculously carried the day and drove the enemy ships out of Christian waters. The Turkish losses were so great that they were never able to recoup their strength as a mighty naval power. Pius V commemorated the Christian victory at Lepanto through the Blessed Mother's intercession by establishing the Feast of Our Lady of Victory. Pope Paul VI changed the name of the feast to Our Lady of the Rosary. This feast day is celebrated on October the 7th. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this has been another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting here with Tom Dorian and Ziggy Rodriguez, and we are talking about being priest, prophet, and king. Mm-hmm. Ooh, does that include being a prophet king? Yeah, well, that's Tom. <laughs> He's oh, yeah, a very right. successful businessman. Oh, yeah, right. Come on down to Dorian <laughs> Incorporated. <laughs> He's you the can prophet see that, king. Can't you? I can see it. <laughs> He's the prophet king with the hair. He's yeah. I can hear the jingle, man. It's going. It's going to be good. Man. All right. Well, look. So uh, we've talked a little bit about. Show. <laughs> <laughs> we've talked about being um, members of the common priesthood, and we started talking about being members of the uh, of, of being a common prophet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I, I tell you what, where we're going with this prophet thing, a lot of people don't really want that responsibility, and I think one of the reasons they might not want it. Is because when you when you preach the truth, when you speak the truth, you're suddenly you're not. A target. Yeah, you're a tar- you're no longer like in the mainstream, as it were. And and I think that sometimes truth, um, especially what we would like further earmark as divine truth, is really at odds with the culture of the world. Yeah. Right. So you you actually start to look a little crazy to the world. I think. I, I just I don't think that you look. Normal, and how many times have we looked at somebody going like that guy's nuts? But it's like, seems like a good guy though. Goes to mass all the time. It's like right. he's a little crazy. And I think that some of that, I mean, it comes through history, um, our experience with prophets, and some of the. I mean, I know 
Um, I've you know this, this little song about John, John the Baptist who you know wore animal fur and you know locusts and locusts and wild camel, honey camel hair and uh, yeah. yeah 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 and 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 had locusts and wild honey and then you had uh, Isaiah who he wandered around naked. And uh, I know a few people like that, though. <laughs> Jeremiah, Jeremiah uh, he he couldn't be separated from a. He attached himself to a cattle yoke for an extremely long period of time, and then what, what, uh, oh, he did. Yeah, and wow. uh, Jeremiah twenty seven and twenty eight, and then uh, uh, and Jeremiah thirteen, and then twenty seven and twenty eight. Uh, he he wouldn't be broken off from the the yoke until another prophet came and broke him off. Hmm. And then you have in uh, Hosea, uh, he married a prostitute. And named their daughter Loruhama, uh, which means unloved. And so <laughs> wow, interesting. So there, there is a lot of stuff that we we just we don't we can't maybe fully process. But they're trying to make a point, though. Ultimately, each thing that they're doing, they're trying to make a point to others. And they're drawing attention through the weird to some truth about God. Uh, and they're willing to be thought of as weird so that God might be thought of at all. You know, and that may be true. That may be true. But I, I would imagine that most of them are not worried about man's perception of them. Right. I, I think they're more worried about getting the message of God out. And as prophets, you know, if you when you read Isaiah, you, you, you it's like, thus the Lord God of hosts says, and the Lord God said, and, the, and it's like, I mean, he's, he doesn't ever stop saying what the Lord says, and it doesn't ever say, well, my interpretation of this is, I mean, it's never his own personal message. It's the Lord speaking through these prophets. What's interesting, though, is that we're all called to that to a certain degree. Oh, we are. Now, not in the same way, maybe. It's, first of all, by the way, I do not condone people walking around naked. That's not something that I would ever condone. But Even in the shower. Ev- well, you know what? <laughs> but I w- but walking in the shower, you'll slip. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Wear your shoes in the shower. Stand still, people. All right. But all that said, I think the important thing here is that don't be afraid to be a little different in the world if you're preaching the truth. Right. It doesn't mean that you want to be crazy or you want to be perceived as crazy, like that's the mark of a good prophet. And it's not like we're the same kind of a prophet that, say, Jeremiah would be. Right? But we are all participating in Jesus being a prophet prophet because we're an altar Christus, right, in our baptism. So there is a part of truth that's that's gonna be that's that's in, in each one of us and that we should be emboldened to present that truth literally at whatever cost to some degree, right? Mm-hmm. To be cautious about that, but it's it's we are actually sent out to witness. Well, our Lord yeah. is the word made flesh and the word is supposed to be made flesh in us in a in a way that's unique and personal to us mm-hmm. the cardinal suhard a french cardinal from the early 20th century had a quote that i think is really powerful here where he says to be a witness does not consist in engaging in propaganda nor even in stirring people up but in being a living minute excuse me but being a living mystery yeah. it means to live in such a way that one's life would not make sense if god did not exist hmm. So to be a living mystery of love, basically. Very attractive. Yeah, yeah. And and again, it might appear to be a little different than the way other people are living. Right. And that's going to have that kind of uh, that kind of feeling. So if we're called to be prophets, we need to be prepared, which means we need, um, as, in our common uh, prophetic life, we need to read, to study, to pray. We need to listen to God, and then we need to speak. 
right? right. So that's a kind of a challenge uh, to all of us. Uh, and then let's talk about this third thing: priest, prophet, and king. Mm. Right? Let's we everyone likes to be king. It's good Heck to yeah. be king. But how does a, how, how what is our common kingship? I mean, what is that? How, how, how do we live that in life? And I think the first thing that comes to mind is the fact that we are um, we're placed over certain realms on the earth, right? So if you're a parent, your loyal subjects are your children. <laughs> now, I don't mean that you should lord it over them, but what I do mean is that you have a responsibility as um, as as a king. Or if you're, you know, the, the the queen, whatever. But you have a a, a royal authority, essentially to, to to organize, to to divinely inspire, to lead your subjects, your people, to God, and a duty to do it in such a way that wills their good. Right. Like a king, a true king is going to will the good of our the parish. Is is uh, you know our our patron is is Saint Louis, Saint mm-hmm. Louis, you know, and he's a good king. Yeah. Right? And of course, we all know good King Wenceslas. He was a good guy, too, apparently. Well, and I think, yes. And I think one, one thing as well is allowing Christ to be the king of our hearts and to reign over us so that he may also extend his reign through us to others. That's which exactly was, that's which right. Which was a servant king, too. Yes. That's right. That's right. So our it's not our kingship. It's the Lord's kingship working through right, us. Right. He well, gives us all our all the authority and all the all the kingliness that we that we get comes from him. And there's a line actually that supports that Proverbs 21:1 that says that the uh, the heart of a king is channeled water in the hands of the Lord. Oh, mm-hmm. sounds like a really poor selling bumper sticker. <laughs> Very poetic. No, it's, it's beautiful, beautiful. But allowing a person to really surrender and, and letting their heart be that docile and open to be poured out however the Lord might see fit, yeah. that's an exercise of kingship because it's, again, it's true kingship, which is Christ's kingship. Mm-hmm. Amen. And so as we go through the, uh, the, you know, the feast of the baptism of the Lord, as we pay attention to um, uh, our being an altar Christus, right? Being another Christ, we realize in our own baptism that we are priests and prophets and kings. It's a it's a it's a beautiful gift we've been given, mm-hmm. uh, but it's one that is essentially requiring us uh, to do something with that gift. That, that is a big responsibility. It is it is a big responsibility, and I think something that that most people. I think they're ready for because they've been baptized, right? We've been given what we need yeah. in our baptism. Yep. We just have to realize that we're supposed to do something with that baptism. That's right. And so all of us are called to be priests and prophets and kings. And I think um, um, to be united and in full communion with God, that is, that's all the power and the glory that we need uh, in, in this world. And I think that's uh, what God intends, and that's what we should be thinking about during this beautiful feast of the baptism of the Lord and just call to mind our own baptism and our own um, uh, just requirement to be priest, prophet, and king. Amen. And we have a queen mother. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mother Mother of God, God, pray pray for for us sinners, now and in the the hour hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. 
The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.